Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Tuesday, the 22nd of August with me, Bernadette Anderko. Well, the Nasdaq Composite saw its biggest gain of the month yesterday, whilst the 10-year US Treasury sold off to see its yield reach 4.34%, which is the highest level since November 2007. Lucia Cicilovic is going to fill us in on the main stories in the financial markets shortly. But meanwhile, the price of Bitcoin seemed to fall off a cliff at the end of last week and dropped a further 1% yesterday, now hovering around the $26,000 level. Manuel Villiers from our Next Generation team is going to update us on the details later in the show. But first, let's crack on with those market highlights. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Bernadette. So, Lucia, I mentioned the spike in 10-year Treasury yields. Uh, we saw a sell-off in the US bond market in general, resuming yesterday, pushing those 10-year yields to a 16-year high. Do you think you could tell us a little bit more about that, please? Sure. So um, the continued resilience of the economy has investors positioning for interest rates to remain elevated, even after the Federal Reserve ends its rate hiking cycle. The selling pressure has weighed on typical treasuries as well as TIPS, so Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. This is really just evidence that bondholders are bracing for the risk that monetary policy will remain tight as the central bank guards against a re-acceleration of inflation. However, US Treasuries yields steadied overnight. Okay, but the issue isn't restricted to America, right? I see that yields in Japan have also increased. Yes, they did. So Japan's 10-year government bond yield reached a new nine-year high today amid upward pressure on global interest rates. This move raises speculation that the Bank of Japan may come into the market with an unscheduled bond buying operation in order to slow the rise in yields. And rates were also higher in Australia and New Zealand, by the way. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, Turning to equities, uh, despite this rise in Treasury yields, the Nasdaq Composite Index saw its biggest gain of the month. What drove that? So technology shares advanced yesterday thanks to better-than-expected earnings by Palo Alto Networks and optimism ahead of NVIDIA's earnings report due tomorrow. Tesla and Meta also climbed, so the Nasdaq jumped and the overall S&P 500 tech sector was up 2%. And these moves in tech stocks are particularly interesting as tech stocks have historically struggled in a high interest rate environment. This makes yesterday's tandem rise with yields all the more striking. Okay, so if we move away from the US, can you give us a brief update on the stock market performance in Europe um, and also update us on Asia and tell us whether that followed the US higher? Sure. So um, European stock markets closed marginally higher yesterday, having fallen to a six-week low at the end of last week. But moves within sectors and major stock markets pointed in opposite directions. And it was actually auto stocks that were the main drivers for the gains yesterday. And in Asia overnight, stocks were mostly higher. Japanese stocks were the biggest gainers, while Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index was set to snap a seven-day losing streak. Mainland Chinese stocks fluctuated as the government's call for more credit support for some products provided a limited boost. All right. So um, in currencies now, I see that the US dollar's weakened against all of its group of 10 peers. Do you have any other interesting currency moves to report for us? 
Yes, so the uh, Japanese yen strengthened but remained close to the level that last year triggered the first yen buying intervention since 1998. So this keeps traders focused on potential comments from Japanese currency officials. And then the offshore Chinese yuan steadied after the People's Bank of China implemented the strongest fixing of the currency on record. The one-month offshore yuan interbank interest rate jumped to its highest level since 2018. Okay. Um, Oil and gold, however, a little changed this morning, but the world's biggest miner, BHP, has made some headlines, right? Yeah, so uh, BHP reported its earnings, which showed a 37% decline in full-year profit, missing analysts' forecasts. The company warned that the outlook for China was uncertain, and the earnings report suggests that China's struggling economy continues to weigh on demand for iron ore and other commodities worldwide. All right. So um, I think we've covered most of the latest market moves. What can we expect uh, or what can investors expect for the day ahead? So first things first, looking at the futures board, futures in Europe are trading in the green while US futures are currently pointing down. There is not a lot in terms of economic data today. But on the political front, the so-called BRICS group is set to meet in South Africa from today onwards. And the finance ministers and central bankers from the Association of Southeast Asian Nations will meet in Jakarta today. Other than that, investors are waiting for inputs from the central bank's annual symposium at Jackson Hole. Great. Thanks, Lucia. Thank you, Bernadette. Okay, so um, I promised you earlier some insights into Bitcoin's price slide, and um, here's the man to give them to us, Manuel Villas. Uh, good morning, Manuel. Good morning, Bernadette. So, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Bitcoin suffered on Friday. In fact, it lost 10% of its value. Perhaps for those of us who are still enjoying the school holidays, you can fill us in on why, Manuel. Absolutely. So, the truth is that Bitcoin's volatility had been largely decreasing. All of this on top of a market death that had been quietly degrading. So we've been speaking for a while of the low market death. Uh, truth is, the time came. So the root of the correction cannot be singled out, actually. Well, an array of factors is said to have triggered the strong sell-off. None of them is fully convincing, and none of them on its own would have sufficed to do that much damage. What is true is that between Thursday evening and, th- and Friday evening, almost $900 million of long positions were liquidated, with the exchange OKX accounting for more than a third of this number. Okay, but is there anything that you can point to that might have caused this? Yeah, so actually in terms of the catalyst for the initial price drop, there are four very likely factors that carried some weight. First, the minutes of the latest U.S. Federal Open Market Committee, which came out on Thursday, and pointed at higher-than-expected risks of further interest rate increases. Second factor is SpaceX disclosure of their Bitcoin sale. They had way more than $300 million in Bitcoins, which weighed on the mood in the crypto markets. It drove a bit of speculation as well. Third, we had a swath of negative news coming out of China, including the bankruptcy filing from Evergrande which hit risky assets more broadly. And last but not least, some selling from crypto market makers, which were forced to adjust their hedges amid the changing volatility landscape. 
Okay, so uh, with Bitcoin selling off again yesterday to around another $26,000 level, what are you expecting for the cryptocurrency now, Manuel? Yes, so all in all, Bitcoin has been backed by a broad range of positive fundamentals in the past few weeks, including and not limited to increasing institutional adoption, holder accumulation, the potential approval of spot ETFs in the U.S., which we believe is more likely than not, by the way, and a looming supply squeeze. With that being said, we acknowledge that macroeconomics and regulations are still providing more headwinds rather than tailwinds at the moment. Okay, thank you so much for enlightening us, Manuel. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I'd like to say thank you to my guests for their contribution and thank you all for listening. And with all of these spiking yields in the bond markets, please join me again tomorrow when I'll have our fixed income research analyst, Dario Messi, on the show for some insights, as well as the usual markets roundup. Meanwhile, good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.